are two of the most fundamental uh, revelations every, any Christian needs to have as you fight this good fight of faith. You know, I said by God's grace, I've been serving Jesus for 30 years this year. Pastor Brian, I think 50 years this year. So it takes, it takes uh, you know, it takes God's grace, yes, but it also takes revelation in order to keep, uh, you know, standing in this great kingdom of, of, of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you as well. We are busy raising up a new generation who are going to take over the baton of Christianity in a few years from now. Uh, we are aging uh, gracefully and naturally. We're not getting younger. And we took over the baton from people that aren't here anymore as well. But when I was a young Christian, I looked up to people who were in the race 20, 30, 40 years. And eventually that baton will be passed on. And so it's critical you understand certain fundamental revelations when it comes to God's Word. Otherwise what happens is we're going to, we're going to raise up a, a shallow church, a shallow generation. A generation that when the enemy comes in like a flood... The Spirit of God isn't able to lift up a standard because we've got a shallow uh, a generation. I don't call you shallow. I say it is our responsibility as leaders to impart into the next generation the fundamentals of Christianity. And I say this to us because as we learn how to fight the good fight of faith, we have to understand who's and who we are. You know, I'm on, a, I'm, on a, I'm on a mission right now to talk to this young generation, and I've been hammering this point for the last few months because it really won't leave my spirit, is this generation that when, a, when, a, when uh, 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 the Bible says we're going to face storms in life, but we've got a generation that are being blown over by a breeze. And it's not because you're a bad generation, it's because you have to learn to anchor yourself in something greater than yourself. Because social media and all these things are great uh, tools in certain ways, but at the same token, they can become very big distractions to your Christian faith. And so it's to know when to put boundaries in place. And that's why I want to talk to us this morning about being steadfast in the fight. Because if you don't understand what, it's, what it means to be steadfast in the fight and not blown over by every wind of doctrine or blown over by any slight bad news that people get or blown over by sort of negative circumstances, because circumstances will change, amen. It's like the weather, it changes, but God stays a constant. So 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the Bible says, Therefore, my beloved brethren of CRC and those that are online, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Tell your neighbor on your left hand side, your labor is not in vain for Jesus Christ. So one of the greatest strengths to winning a battle, any fight, is the ability to remain steadfast when the blows of the opposition are given. Open your spirit, man, this morning. One of the greatest uh, strengths to winning a fight or a battle is, be, is when you are able to understand that you are able to remain steadfast in the battle. Now, steadfastness means that if you look at a boxing match, I like to watch uh, UFC, uh, pastor that's violent. Well, just watch, you read your Bible. There's a lot of violence in there as well. Don't be so religious with me. But uh, I like to watch UFC because when it comes to a fight or it comes to boxing, uh, it comes to rugby, it comes to all these things we watched yesterday, our national team, they crushed the opposition from Argentina because that's what you do when you go into a contest. And yet, as, uh, like I say again, there is a young generation that is in the church today, and again, it's not your fault, but there's a generation that does not realize that when you enter God's kingdom, you're entering a fight. Amen. You're in a fight. And that's why you have to understand your Bible is full of instructions how to overcome a spiritual enemy. It's not all just about, you know, moonshine and roses. And yes, 
Jesus' peace, He lives with us, but you need to understand that the enemy wants to get you to a place where he wants you to stand still or regress or turn around or desert your faith. That's what he wants. He doesn't want you to advance. He doesn't want you to take territory. And when you do start to take territory, he comes in like a roaring lion to try and scare you. So you have to know what the tactics and the methods are of the enemy to stay standing. Amen. Because not everything is your fault. It's because you've entered a kingdom and you're in a fight and you need to know how to stand. So when the blows are given, you need to know how to be steadfast. Uh, when you remain steadfast, even though you do take a few shots, you'll see in boxing sometimes, I love it, when the guy takes a, a left jab or the opposition gives him a right hook, but the guy sort of, he, he takes it to the chin, but he can't show the guy that he's actually being hurt, but he keeps coming forward. He stays steadfast. And you have to be the same in your Christian walk. The enemy will sometimes throw fiery darts at you. Sometimes he's going to come at you and he's going to pelt you with accusations and lies because the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. But when he does accuse, you have to understand never to take things personal in the kingdom of God because Jesus said if he hates you remember they first hated me if they reject you they first rejected me so when you take things personal in your personal capacity Paul reminds us in Galatians 2.20 it's no longer I that live but Christ now that lives in me and I represent him in this kingdom can you say amen this morning so we have to stand steadfast immovable amen that word steadfast in Greek it means hedraios which means immovable or settled. And so we have to become settled in our faith. We have to raise a generation that becomes settled in their faith. There's a lot of unsettled Christians in the church, a lot of unsettled people on social media, a lot of unsettled people in our government, a lot of unsettled people in the economy, a lot of unsettled people in our education system. And the Bible says you have to become steadfast. You have to become immovable. You have to know how to stand even though you are taking blows from the enemy at times. And even though you are taking blows, you have to take the blow to the chin and then move one step forward. Because we're not regressing. We're not going backwards. We are going forward. Amen. Your life is moving forward. You're not called to go back. Yes, you will be attacked. There will be an onslaught against your life, but we are moving forward. Amen. Are you here this morning? So the reality is that there are many unsettled people in the world today moved by the slightest breeze of resistance, never mind a storm. And Jesus says we're going to face storms. How you build your life is going to determine how you're going to overcome the storms of life. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? So if you want to win a fight, you need to be steadfast, immovable, and settled. And how do you become settled? You, 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 you build your faith line upon line, precept upon precept, year in, year out. Amen. You become a Bible-reading Christian. Listen what Peter says to the church in 1 Peter 5. He says, be sober, be spiritually sober. We know when you are naturally uh, full of alcohol, you, you become uh, intoxicated and you're not sober. It, 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 uh, it shifts your perspective. You can't drive, you can't focus, you can't walk the certain things because you are naturally uh, intoxicated. But Peter's writing to the church and he says, be spiritually sober. He says, be wide awake. He says, don't for a moment think that as a Christian, amen, there's not going to be some weapon that is formed against you. Now, again, I say this for the sake of the series. It's not just every day there's going to be an attack and an onslaught and negativity. But, be a, but, but know this, that the enemy is going to keep coming at your life as long as you represent Jesus Christ. Amen. Because the Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Not the end of the week, not the end of the service, not the end of the month, until the end of your life. You have to stay standing in faith. So he says, be sober and be vigilant. He says, be wide awake. 
because your adversary, the devil. Now notice this is New Testament scripture verses. It's not just some uh, nice la-la land uh, teaching out there. He says, because your adversary. So he says you have an adversary. You have an op- opponent. You have a spiritual enemy. He says the devil who walks about like a roaring lion. He doesn't say he is a lion. He says he walks about like a roaring lion. He will be, he'll be a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. He will disguise himself. The Bible describes the enemy as the most cunning of all the beasts of the field. And he came to Adam and Eve in the beginning of creation and he said, did God really say? He tries to get you to derail you from the plans that God has for you. But the Bible says, but I know the plans I think towards you, says the Lord. So that's why we have to submit to God, come under the mission of God and resist the devil. So the Bible doesn't say, notice, the Bible doesn't say fight the devil. Listen to what he says. He says, seeking whom he may devour. So Satan's not looking for people to have a conversation on the beach with you. He's not looking to you to help you to finish the, the dream and the desire that you have. The Bible says he's looking for those whom he may devour. He, the thief comes only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so you have to be sober. You have to be vigilant. You have to be wide awake as a Christian. Amen. And you have to learn to report for duty. Take up your armor and you have to learn to fight. Are you here this morning? Amen. Now, being a military man in my past, I was forced by, my, by the previous government to go to the army. I, I'm not a kind of guy who leopard crawls to the toilet. I don't, like, I, don't, I don't brush my teeth with a hand grenade. I'm not that kind of military guy. Where you get some of those guys, when they just see a camo outfit, they buy it, you know, um, and they, they leopard crawl to the gym and all kinds of things. They, everything is a, is a radio and a CB and all these things. I'm not that kind of guy. But I was in the military for two years by force, and... I can relate to a physical, natural military, which this young generation, unfortunately, has never been there before. By the way, uh, picking up your tail, that's not the military. That's just called backbone and just called normal life. Amen. Um, It's not that bad. Uh, Giving birth to a child is not the end of the world. It's a blessing from God. Amen. Can all the young ladies say amen? So look forward to those things. But I say this to us because when sometimes we speak as an older generation, uh, I can speak from a military background, and whenever Scripture goes to the military uh, talk or a military conversation, I can naturally relate to that. I know what it's like to, you know, to go into the army as a civilian and then to have your hair cut and you be given a brown overall with a wear belt and boots that uh, are pinching every part of your foot that you get blisters on the side of your feet. I know what it's like to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and have water thrown over your head. And I know what it's like to be broken down in naturally, physically, mentally by this organization that's trying to make a soldier of you. I know what it's like to, to see people pass out next to you, to do a 169 kilometer a fast bait, a walk in three days. I know what it's like. Those are not nice things. Your flesh, your mind, everything is challenged. I know what it's like to be taught discipline, to stand in a queue, to say thank you, to wait for somebody else. I know what it's like to to march in order. I know what it's like when a bunch of civilians from different sectors of life come to one unit and they're going to take the civilian out of you and make a military man out of you. I know what it's like to to struggle to to, to march in unity with the guy next to you because we don't know. We had to be taught military tactics. We had to be taught discipline. I know what it's like when you don't get it right. The corporal makes you, he's got to 
whistle and he says, Asaki flaky blast, when I blow the whistle, you're on your stomach. When I blow the whistle, you're on your feet. When I blow the whistle, you're on your back. He does that to you for 45 minutes that eventually there are people getting sick next to you because this guy's got the power and he's got the, but he's trying to get you to become a soldier so that when the enemy comes in to attack you naturally, that you don't get taken out. Now in that process, it's not nice. In the process, you long for your mother's food and your mother's comfort and your mother's voice because statistics show that every time a military man is in war and he's, he's about to die, the first person he calls out for is his mother. Amen. And it's natural because the mother plays a role in your life. But there comes a time when you have to report for duty. There comes a time when you are in the place of conf contact or you're in a, in a military a conflict zone when that training that you had as a civilian that were well, trying to get the civilian out of you to make you a military man, a soldier, when it comes to the place when, when the enemy comes in naturally to attack you and the person that's over you, the lieutenant or the corporal or the platoon leader, when he gives you an instruction, suddenly those training moments from basic training come home and suddenly you're able to activate that training and you're able to survive. So when it comes to the church and you start to talk to Christians about this kind of military approach, which the Bible is full of, the Lord is a man, a man of war, says Exodus. So, so, so last week we looked at that Jesus is a lamb who wages war. And I say this to us because, again, sometimes some of you, your eyes are this big this morning because we're so used to this grace message. And grace, like I said, sometimes it's just the ability to listen to an instruction and duck your head because there's a bullet coming. That's what grace is sometimes. It's not this, 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 this cool place where I'm just cool. I've got, uh, I've got a cool outfit on and I've got, I follow cool pastors. They're so cool, these pastors. They don't wear like all these old-fashioned clothing. They're cool. Uh, some of the pastors, they're on preacher's sneakers. There's a, there's a, I see there's a social media page about the price of the pastor's shoes. Now, I'm not sure if that's in the Bible, but it's maybe on social media. Amen. So the Bible doesn't tell us to, to take up the full armor of God or the Bible doesn't tell us to take up or put on your bikini or put on your gym outfit and go to social media. The Bible tells us to put on the armor of God and go to war. Now I say this because if you are a person who likes to flaunt your good looking figure on social media, that's your, that's your personal stuff. I don't know, whatever, it doesn't bother me. But if you like to show us your gym uh, regime on social media, it's irrelevant. I'm trying to say that that is not going to get you to outlast the enemy. And that's why we've got so many Christians who are so mentally uh, challenged. They're so frustrated. They, some of them are, are in a place of neutral. They're not aggressively advancing or expanding anything for Jesus' kingdom. And when Jesus' mother came to look for him, they said to him, your mother is here to look for you. Your mother wants to talk to you. He says, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? He said, except him who does the will of the Father. He says, tell my mother I'm about my father's business. Now, that doesn't mean to say I don't talk to my mother. Believe me, I speak to my mother. But I've got a spiritual mother who also understands that we're in a fight, we're in a war. She gave me the example of what it is to fight in spiritually before I was born again. So although I love my mother naturally, there is a, a natural person next to you or a, a, a person sitting next to you who is, the Bible says, if it's a, a born-again Christian, it's, it's, your, it's, your, it's your brother and sister in Christ, the person next to you, because we're in a war together. This is a platoon, this is a battalion, and we are marching forward to take territory for Jesus. That's why it's important, home cell leader. You don't quit on your home cell because of the fiery darts of the enemy. You don't suddenly just quit and walk away. In the military, we called it AWOL, absent without leave. I don't know if you know, but in the military, you had the permission that if a person deserted, if you're in a conflict zone 
and you're going into battle and one of your soldiers, your troops turns around and runs away, you have the permission to shoot him in the back because he's going to cost you the war. So there are many people that have deserted in the military natural. And Paul writes and he says, this guy deserted me. This guy deserted me. This guy left me. In the midst of conflict. That's why you have to understand when you're in this kingdom of Jesus Christ, you're in a battle for territory. Amen. You're in a battle to advance in the business world. You're in a battle to advance. You're not just there to make a lot of money to buy a nicer house and a nicer car. That'll be part of the perks. Yes, believe you me. God is into, you are born to prosper. I'm into that. I understand that. You, you're born to have dominion. Our destination is dominion. You have to learn to take dominion on the earth. You're not born to be under circumstance. You're not born to be bullied by the enemy. You are born to understand the keys that are given to you, the tactics that the enemy might have, but you've got spiritual tactics that outwits the enemy. That's why you have to understand. When you wake up in the morning, be sober and be vigilant. Be wide awake. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Oh, you hear this morning. So the Bible says what? Resist him. Listen. Resist him steadfast in the faith. There it is. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So you're not the only person going through some battles. There are many, many people around the world being resisted or being challenged in their, in their walk with God. And the Bible said, be of good cheer. Amen. So notice resist him, not fight him. So we don't fight the devil. We don't fight the enemy. We resist the enemy. Because you are already in a place of authority. So when we were in the military... And we would go into places. In my second year in the military, we went into the north of our country and there was at times conflict zones. But when you go to a place on behalf of your government or on behalf of your kingdom, a higher authority. So we go into our businesses, we go into our schools, we go into our universities on behalf of a higher authority, the kingdom of God. We represent a higher authority. I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. When we walk into a place, we don't come into the name of Aden. We come in the name of Jesus because there is no other name by which man can be saved. It is the name above all names. Amen. So that's why the enemy will throw accusations at you. He will call you failure. He will call you useless. He will call you afraid. He will call you all kinds of things. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. He will lie to you. He will, he will deceive you. He will try and, and tell you to, you're not worthy. He will remind you of who you're not. He will remind you of who you were before you were saved. So if you don't understand who's and who you are in Christ, you're going to walk, live a very frustrated Christian life because you're going to be trying to, to earn your way to God all the time. When in actual fact, the Bible said it was through one man's disobedience, Adam, that all became unrighteous, and through one man's obedience, Christ, that all became righteous. So the enemy is always going to try and get you to become self-righteous. And by that he's going to say to you, look what you did yesterday. Look at your flesh. Look at your sin. Look at your habits. Look at your thought life. Look at your word life. He's going to try and remind you all the time of your, of your natural failing flesh, which Jesus came to take care of. Amen. That's why we are busy being sanctified as Christians. We're justified by faith through Christ's blood, but we're being sanctified on a, on a daily basis as we look to Christ's obedience. Can you say amen? You have to understand this this morning. When you go into a war, you don't look at, at, at what you haven't got. You look at the person next to you. But we go, as we go into a war, we look to Christ's obedience. And every time you feel you're not worthy, you have to remind the enemy of what Christ did for you, not what you have to do to get back to God when you sin. 
like many Christians. They're just yo-yo Christians. They're up and down all the time in their faith because they're trying to re-earn their salvation every week. You can't re-earn your salvation. You are saved once and then you are sanctified for the rest of your Christian walk. And so you have to remind the enemy when he comes in like a flood. You have to remind the enemy what Jesus did for you. You have to remind the enemy what Calvary means. You have to remind the enemy what the shed blood of Jesus means for you and me. So when he tells you, look at you, you're still smoking, you're still drinking, he's showing you all the natural weaknesses of your flesh. You have to tell the enemy, shut your mouth. It wasn't through my obedience that I'm righteous. It was through Christ's obedience that I'm righteous. Amen. Oh, yeah, this morning. So we execute our kingdom right over the enemy who will try and occupy territory reserved for you because the Bible says you're born to have dominion. So how do you dominate a piece of dirt? You have to evict the person who's illegally there. So there are certain business transactions. There are certain business deals. There are certain properties. There are certain places. There's natural places that you should be occupying already. But you're allowing the enemy to occupy that place because you went into a contract or you went into a negotiation and the, the outcome or the, the feedback you got wasn't, wasn't uh, uh, suitable to what you thought it might be and you've backed off thinking it's not God's will. But sometimes you have to go back a second and a third and a fourth time. You have to renegotiate. You have to keep uh, outwitting the enemy until you occupy territory. Oh, yeah, this morning. So, so why do we see so many unsettled or movable Christians in the kingdom of God? Well, the Bible tells us we have to be steadfast in the faith. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We looked at this last week again. So how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. How are you steadfast in the faith? How do you stay steadfast when the enemy throws that accusation at you? You, what? you are full of faith. How do you become full of faith? You hear Scripture verses. You have to learn to become a confessing, a hearing, a reading Christian. I'm going to say it until you get it. I'm going to say it until. Pastor, how long are you going to say it? Until you start reading your Bibles. Until you start opening up your Bibles. And stop opening up Facebook, but put your face in the book. Amen. And you start to read the Bible. Amen. And you stop going to Instagram and trying to be cool. But you actually go to the Word of God. Amen. And you allow the peace of God that surpasses human understanding to flood your heart and mind. Are you here this morning? You have to become a Bible reading Christian. Bump your neighbor say, yes, your Bible. Ask your neighbor, hey, your Bible. Tell him, I'll buy you one if you haven't got one. You should have a habit. As you have a habit to eat, you should eat the Word. You should have a habit of putting an alarm on your phone and say, read Bible. And put it on repeat. Don't snooze it. Put it on repeat. And you, you, you go and you open up your Bible. You sit at your dining room table, your kitchen table, your office, wherever you can. Get out of bed. Don't lie in bed and read your Bible. You're going to sleep. Get out of bed. Go shower. Get, get your, let, your, let your flesh feel some water on it. And then you wake up. and You sit at your table. And you, you don't look at Facebook here with notifications on. You put that thing on airplane mode. You put it off. We're not on our phones now. We, we, we turn the phone over. You, you get up. What time does your family get up? Six. Get up at 5.30, half an hour before there's noise. You get up half an hour early. And what do you do? You open your Bible and you start to read. Why? Because when you read your Bible, you're having a conversation with Jesus because He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Nothing was made that was made was made without Him. So how do you think you're going to make your future if you don't have the Word? Because nothing was made was made without Him. You can't make a future outside of the Word in the kingdom of God. Amen. 
if you were here Friday night, I shared with, the, with the, those that were here that the sower sows the word. Let me, let me first put a, get us to a point where I can lay this, this revelation to you. So you have to fight to be strong Christians. So we're talking about how does faith come? I'll tell you that now. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So verse 11 says what? Put on the whole armor of God. So like I said earlier, the Bible doesn't say put on your bikini or put on your gym outfit and go to social media. The Bible said put on your armor and go to war. You need to understand that spiritually I'm speaking of. Now don't come to church next week with your army outfit that you bought here at Cash Crusaders. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not asking you when your wife says to you, I need you one supper and your leopard crawl to the dining room table. Don't, get, don't take it physical now. It's spiritual. Amen. It's the same. It's a, it's a metaphor. It's like a physical military. But he says what? He says, so what's the point of the battle equipment? Why, do you, why does the Bible say you need to be equipped for war? Listen to what the Bible says. Verse 11b. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Here we go again. That you may be able to stand against the wiles. That word wiles is methodia in Greek, which means methods and schemes. So there are many weapons that are formed against God's children, but they shall not prosper. Why? Because we are one step ahead of the enemy. Why? Because we are spirit-led and spirit-fed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is telling you what to do. The Holy Spirit is preparing you to outwit the enemy. So we're not afraid of it, but the Bible says there are wiles of the devil that are aimed at Christians. The methods of the enemy, amen, trying to trip you up, trying to get you despondent, trying to get you hopeless, trying to get you to be quiet, trying to get you to be silent, depressed, pushing you into a corner of hopelessness. That's what he wants. So Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the outer darkness, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having that all to stand, notice, steadfast, immovable. Not having that all to, to lie or, or back off. Having that all to stand. So your responsibility is to stand. We don't use the Q word, the quit word. It doesn't exist in your, in, your, in your Christian walk. You don't say, I feel like I want to quit. No, those are, those are signs that the enemy is busy throwing fiery darts at you and he's getting you to move. You stand. I don't care how bad it looks. You stand. I don't care what the doctor says. You stand. I don't care what the accountant says. You stand. I don't care what the, what the, what the critic says. You stand. I don't care what social media says. You stand. Why? Because I'm steadfast and I'm immovable. You can, you can punch, but I'm going to what? I'm going to outwit you. Amen. When I give you a Jesus left jab, Satan, I'm going to smack you against that balcony in a, in a millisecond. Amen. Because it's not my, my, my power, my might. It's His power that works through us. Can you say amen this morning? So verse 13, he says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having an altar stand, verse 14, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, verse 15, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That is why you have to be intentional to tell people about Jesus and invite them to church. You have to shod your feet. You have to, you have to allow your feet to also work for Jesus in the week. Some of you are using your feet for commission and you're forgetting that you, your feet are actually supposed to be used also for the great commission. So when you're out on a business deal and you're seeing a client allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what is this going on in this person's life. And at times, pause the sale, pause the product, pause everything and say, can I pray for you? Why? Because I'm now on the Great Commission's mission. I'm now here to represent God's kingdom in the marketplace. Can you say amen? 
So we are not employed as Christians to go to work. We are deployed as Christians to go to work. We are deployed on a mission, amen, for, for, the, for His kingdom. Now, verse 16, this is where I want to get to this morning. And above all, to notice the Bible says, above all. So He says, put this on, put this on, put this on, but above all those things you put on, listen what He says, take the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, I've got two wonderful demonstrations here. The girls can come quickly. Welcome the girls this morning. I told the creative arts, I told the creative arts team this morning, you telling us the girls, well, I'm, I'm using one of the girls as, as the enemy. So I said, girls aren't the enemy, amen. So don't, it's the creative arts team. That I would have had guys up here, but they decided on girls, amen. So just a, a simple analogy. So the Bible says this, the Bible says, having taken the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So what does the enemy do? The enemy simply does this. If you pick up the first uh, accusation, what does he do? You will never win this battle. Put the camera, if you can pan in on that for me, please, for those that are online. You can come in a bit close if you can. Notice this. This is what he does. He, he, he's an accuser. So he can't physically tackle you like a rugby player can tackle you. But what he does is he accuses you. The Bible says he accuses the minds of the believers. You'll never win this battle. Thank you, evil one. Throw, it, <laughs> throw the fiery dart. Now, uh, you'll, notice, you'll notice this, if I can take the shield away for a moment. You'll notice that... that when a Christian is just minding their own business, they're not sober, they're not vigilant. Throw it, please. So what does it say? It says you need to fit in with the world. It tells you you, you can't do this thing, and he, he throws it at the Christian. Notice what happens. The Christian doesn't know why they're being moved, but they're being moved because the fiery darts are coming. Uh, uh, evil one, throw some more fiery darts, please, for us this morning. And you'll notice that you're just minding your own business, and suddenly I just feel like I'm under attack, and you're being moved, you're being moved, you're being moved, you're being moved. Throw the fiery darts. The Bible says, because there's, there's fiery darts being thrown all the time. All right. Now comes this wonderful Christian, and they get taught they have to build up their faith. They get taught, pick up a scripture verse for me, please, uh, Christian. I'm a Bible-reading Christian. Now I start to read God's Word. So what do I do? I'm now reading God's Word. What does that Scripture verse say? Let me see it quickly, please, if you can turn it to me. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Now she starts to meditate. She starts to meditate. For I'm born of God. I'm going to overcome the world. I'm born of God. I'm going to overcome the world. I'm born of God. I'm going to go. Take another Scripture verse, please. Take another Scripture verse, please. Uh, I can do all things, tell everybody. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I start, to, I start to read the Word. Take another scripture verse, please. Christian, I'm building up myself on my most holy faith. Who then will condemn us? Listen, I'm building up myself. I'm full of, I'm full of, I'm building up my, my, myself. And now what I do is, I now, I build a shield. Taking up the shield of faith. I'm now full of faith. Now I have the shield. Now when the enemy comes in like a flood, enemy, Throw, the, throw your fiery dart. What is the fire? Now I have a shield. I have a shield. I, I have a shield. And what do I do? What do I do? I throw back scripture verses. Throw back scripture verses. Throw back scripture verses. Resist the devil with scripture. Resist the devil with scripture and he will flee. Because what happens is when you 
When you resist the devil through scripture verses, come on, I want you to get that this morning. When you throw scripture verses back at the devil, you resist the devil. You lift up your shield of faith. And as you lift up your shield of faith, you will quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Come on, I want you to jump to your feet this morning all over this place. And I want you to give Jesus a great big shout of praise all over this place this morning. Hallelujah! My question to you today, my question, you can be seated for a moment. My question to you this morning, how strong is your shield? We've been moved because our shields are full of holes. Some of us haven't even got shields. When the enemy comes in like a flood, we're trying to lift up, but there's nothing there because the Bible says you can only lift up a shield of faith. How does faith come? I have to become a Bible reading Christian, how do I resist the devil? I don't resist the devil with my words. I resist the devil with the word. The sower sows what? The word. Jesus, the very first parable Jesus ever teaches, he says the sower sows the word. Behold, a sower goes out to sow. And he talks about four kinds of seeds. The disciples then come to him later and say, Jesus, we don't understand what you meant by that parable. So he says, don't you understand? He said, the sower sows the word. So how do we fight? Be here next week because it's critical you, we, we, we understand the series in context. How do, you, how do you overcome the enemy? How do you resist him? Well, you have to sow the word. You see, because the Bible says unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom. So there are certain things eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor enter the heart of man, the things that are laid up for those that love God, but they're revealed by the Spirit. So you can't see the plans that God has for you naturally. They are revealed in the Spirit. But unless you're born again, you can't see the things of the Spirit. And how do you see the things of the Spirit? You have to sow seeds of the Word. For the sower sows the Word. So businessmen, when you are going through a tough time, don't talk about the mountain. You have to sow seeds, amen, so you can start to see the manifested promises of God. So when you start to sow seeds of the Word in your business, you have to take Scripture verses and pray it over your business, amen. You have to take Scripture verses and declare it. Now, Father, I thank you that to you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I may ask or think according to the power that works in and through me. You sow the seed, amen. Father, your Word says that the same blessing of Abraham, the covenant blessing of Abraham is upon me. I thank you right now that I repent of trying to act like the world and I receive the covenant blessing of Abraham. I declare that I am blessed and highly favored. Father, you tell me in, my, in your word, your word says that I'm blessed in my going out and blessed in my coming in. Father, your word tells me that I will be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Father, your word tells me. So you take the word and you sow the word. And as you sow the word, seed starts to drop into the kingdom. And now that seed takes root and it starts to grow. And suddenly in the same place where there was barrenness, now there starts to become an abundance. I saw this in my own business years ago, was going through a lot of challenges. I've told you this over and over before. But I, we started Wednesday mornings. Every Wednesday morning, we would pray in my business, seven until eight, every morning. What do you do? How do you resist the enemy? Cash flow, challenges, lack of sales, uh, disunity, disloyalty, all kinds of things. How do you do? The Bible says where, 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 there, where there is unity, God commands a blessing, the unity of the Spirit. So to try and sort a natural problem out, we must first start in the spirit. And we sow seeds. Parents, for your children, those rebellious children, don't fight your flesh of your child. Go into their bedroom and sow scripture, versus, scripture seeds in their bedroom. 
throw it on their bed. Father, your word says that my children, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord generations and generations to a thousand generations. I declare that this, my son, my daughter, whom you've, you've put into my hands to raise, I declare that they shall be blessed and highly favored. Call them by their name. Mary, John, Umpo, whoever their child is, you get onto their, put your hand on their pillow and you send a scripture verse into their pillow by faith. It doesn't make sense. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I had my next door neighbor, the business guy next to us. He would come every, every week on a Wednesday morning and he'd put his head against the window because he thought we were, being, we were being attacked like we were screaming. We were just praying in the spirit. And we'd walk. I'd, I'd call every department. I had a, a, a repair department. I had a sales department. I had a contract department. And I'd look at everyone specifically and I'd say, speak to that department. And we'd speak to that department by faith. We even spoke to the signboard over the road by faith. If, if God could make a donkey speak, He can make a signboard glow without a light. Amen. So if Eskimos are load shedding, your light will shine. You, uh, who's this? What, this guy's nuts. I know. It doesn't make sense to our natural mind. And God wants it exactly like that. Because when our natural man, the two-part beings that you are, are out of the way, now the spirit man kicks in. And suddenly now we become a force in God's kingdom. So my question to us in closing this morning, how is your faith shield looking this morning? How is your word reading looking this morning? Are you a person that is, that is just getting by, just ambling through life? Or are you a person who's intentional every morning to sow seeds? I want to tell you right now, you're under a covenant promise. It's not, it's not what you have to do, what you have to earn. It's what you have to believe. You're under a covenant promise. The covenant promise of what? That if you shall believe, amen. If you can believe, only believe. Believe it. And if you walk it and you possess it by faith, so there are manifested promises that are already in your future that you have to possess by faith. You create it. It's a force. And the only way you get there is you sow Scripture seeds into the ground. And you allow those things to take root and to grow. Amen. What does he say? Some seed falls into stony ground. So now you, you sow that seed, but you're still worried about how you're going to pay your bills, the cares of this world, the love for other things, the, the, the plan C's and plan D's and plan E's. And he says those things choke that word you just sowed. He said, but some seed falls into good ground. Good ground is what? Is when I put my trust fully in you. I rest in you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. Do I give? My peace I leave with you. It's good ground. You rest in God. Amen. And as you rest in Him, you allow that root, that seed to, to take hold. And it grows. And it grows. And it grows. Husband, pray for your wife. Wife, pray for your husband. Don't fight with your husband. Fight for your husband. Don't fight with your wife, fight for your wife. Don't fight with your children, fight for your children. Are you here this morning? So he says what? He says in uh, verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation, the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen to what David said in closing this morning. Psalm 51 verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.